0: Want to know what strategies real graduates use to launch their career? Well, here's your chance. From personal stories to insider tips, our interviews with graduates and campus recruiters will equip you with the knowledge and inspiration you need to take off and stand out from the crowd. Brought to you by Prospel, your one-stop shop for finding and securing your dream
1: internship or fresh graduate job. Hi everyone and welcome to another webinar session by Grad New Zealand. So for those of you who don't know me, my name is Emily. I'm one of the webinar hosts and we do these weekly webinar sessions to give students insights into different industries, give them career advice or anything that can really help them score their dream graduate jobs for those of you who don't know what grad new zealand is it's a graduate career site where you can explore and get to know graduate employers you get a backstage pass to see what it's like working in a role with them and you can also apply for programs that suit you when you sign up and create an account you actually get notified of open applications and opportunities to apply for as well as you get a list of like weekly jobs that you should be applying for so It's really awesome and we also do a bunch of things like this. So we do these webinars where you can learn from people in the industry. So for this session's webinar, it's a guide to a career in engineering, different career pathways, acing your interviews, career progression, advice from starting a graduate job and more. And we actually have one guest here. So we have Scott Payne, who is the Contract Paving Department Manager at Fulton Hogan. So I'll just hand it over to Scott so he can give himself a quick little introduction. Scott, if you could share how you got to where you are, what you do and yeah, that'd be awesome to hear.
0: Yeah, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Scott Payne, based down here in Dunedin, work for Forten Hogan, which is obviously a large contracting firm in New Zealand, Australia, and a little bit of work done in Fiji as well. Yeah, reasonably big company, I started Australia Straight wasn't quite a graduate at that stage. It wasn't the thing. It was just a new person to a business. He started, I think I was 20, straight out of uh, Target Polytech, actually. And uh, just started off as a little bit of holiday work and got a uh, feel of the place and probably vice versa so then get to know me. And then also that turned into a full-time job. And now 18 years later, I'm still here working and, and, and in it. So a bit of a beginning there for you, anyway.
1: Awesome. Thanks so much. So to introduce you guys to how this session is going to run. So we have a bunch of guided questions that will follow, but if you have any questions or that you want to ask Scott, this is absolutely the time to do so. Definitely pop your questions in the comments and we'll get around to them. We always try to answer as many questions as possible. So make sure if you have any questions to ask them today. So we'll start off with some of our pre-prepared questions. So we're starting a bit general. We're just going to talk about what are the different kinds of engineering pathways? So, Scott, if you'd like to answer that,
0: yeah, cool. Obviously, I'm a contractor, so that that's one pathways. But there's three main ones. One, you've got the client, and they could be a city council or, or NZTA. So, they're the ones that own and maintain the assets. So, they employ engineers to help with that area. So, you, traditionally, you'll be a road maintenance contract or the three waters area, and you'll engage a consultant. will then go to the contractor and it works in that way. And then the other one is uh, a consulting engineer, which is what they call the engineer to the contract traditionally, and that's 3910. So there's a lot of design work goes on with the consultant. So they'll be working out the loading of the bridges and that different pavement torch and the the size of the pipes that that will need to go around. So a lot of upfront design using all the good skills that we've, uh, we've been trained in the last couple of years to apply to that. And then the third one's a contract, which I am. So you get the plans, of the design, and then you go ahead and build it, basically. Yeah, these are three. But if I just sit on a on contractor and you can go, spots out even more as you can become a, an engineer. And then as you grow, you become a project manager. And then the projects go from small scale work up to major highway redevelopments. There's that part in contracting, And then there's also the technical side. So you do a lot of material testing, new material design, a lot of sustainability stuff, and then another one is you can go off into the management chain and work on the business side as well. So yeah, it's probably good, good little, yeah, intro to the different types of areas you can go in once you have finished up.
1: Was there anything in particular that led you to pursue contracting?
0: You I've always have put it out there. I used to be a skateboarder, so I was always building stuff, physically building ramps bits and pieces. Probably at school, I wanted to be uh, an architect. Went along to the open day for the architecture down here in Otago and had a bit of time to fill in. So I went to the uh, civil engineering one just to fill a gap, really. And ever since then, yeah, it's just let's done a bit of the both worlds. You've got to do a bit of design, the, the construction as well. And, so you have that feeling that you're going to be able to see a job from the start and see it all the way through the finish, which really appeals. But being still there, there's nothing better than getting a set of plans and going out to a site and then see that completed product. So quite a lot of work.
1: Awesome. So that kind of leads into my other question. So you've clearly managed to figure out what's your correct, what's the career path for you? Do you have any advice on how others like students in engineering, how they can figure out what's the right path for their engineering career?
0: Yeah, I think so. Right? Like contractors are typically enjoying the outdoors. they sort of the guys that well, you put your boots on and go out to site of fever. so you've got to have a, a, a good sort of practical knowledge, uh, know how things go together and how it's going to work. The designers are real. Uh, Detail-orientated, it needs to get, to get all your calculations correct and make sure everything's working from a theory point of view before you hand it over to the contractor. So if that's what really gets you excited at the maths and doing all those sorts of stuff. That's be uh, good for yeah, the consulting side of it. And clients is a bit of a mix of both. There's no real, yeah, a lot of the client stuff. They'll be looking at budgets going forward into the, not just this year, but how yeah, it's all rolling up and what sites they can prioritize it into which areas. But at the end of the day, is it little that panic here because people just move around. There's a lot of people going and contracting to consultants to clients. There's a bit of a, people move around at a few if You get your toes in one area and all of a sudden, yeah, you think it's not for you. It'll still be a good experience and air to your CV and, uh, and just, yeah, people change. So you don't need to make a lifetime decision at a young age. Probably just need to go, there we go what's well, so excite at their time.
1: So you said that people move around a bunch. So can we talk a little bit about that? So for someone who potentially graduate who goes into one area, they go into client-side, then they decide they want to go into consulting. Is the process for that quite straightforward or is there like any tips and tricks that you know of on how people can swap around to get into different things that interest them?
0: Yeah, I suppose if you were a, we've got two examples. of we've just had a, a young engineer who was a project manager, for us, he's just gone to the to the city council as a project manager for them. So he's gone, called back to the client. And then on the flip side, got a month later, the client come over to work for us as a project manager. What sort of give there is just wherever you go, if you be genuine and put hard work in, that's going to get you a bit of a good name out there and a bit of respect. And a lot of the senior managers and contractors and courts. They talk about bits and pieces. of so someone swapping over, and you performed in your role. That'll, that'll get through, uh, and it'll give you more a chance when you wash it There, any other areas?
1: Awesome. So we've talked about how there's contracting, consulting, client side. The other thing that would be good to talk about is a private and public sector. So are there any? Yes. Sorry,
0: I did see that question there. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Give a whole public sector can get a lot more scrutiny. Yeah, yeah, So that yeah, there's a, probably a little bit more scrutiny in the public area. You're accountable because people that live out there effectively paying wages through their rates that they pay to the to the council. And if you're working for a council, that's the way it works. And yeah, probably just a bit of scrutiny there. And with contracting is you've got to get a little bit of scrutiny, but not to the same extent. And I think a private company, you've got a little bit more ability to get some new gear and try a few different things, I would say. So it's a little bit. Better. Are we risk-taking okay.
1: Or? Yeah. Awesome. Okay. That makes sense. What about career progressions? Yeah. We talked, I think you touched on it briefly, but what kind of career progression can a graduate going into this industry expect in, in, yeah, for example, so. well, Rogan from different, different areas as well?
0: Yes. Yeah, so I'll talk, about from, from Hogan's point of view of how we work with graduates, like. So. Base, there's a graduate sort of rotation each year. And we've got, oh, I should know, we've got bases in just about every major town or city. In New Zealand. And each year they take on a, an intake. So here in Dunedin, we take four, over Cable is three, and neighbors in Central are two. And it just gets bigger when you get to the lights of the Christchurch and the Auckland. So they start on a graduate program, and it's a 12 month rotation where you'll start and you actually be out in the field working in the different areas that so it could be in the laboratory doing some testing of materials and the sealing gauge and the roading gas, the drainage three waters sort of crew so you get a good rounding of everything that's needed to be done in civil engineering and it gives you a good base so that when you are running your projects at a year or two's time you still know everybody in those areas you've worked with them before you've got a bit of a knowledge of how things work and then also it gives a Gives you a chance to say, Hey, I really like that area. I am to specialize in that. in the drainage or free waters, for example, you could, could really plug your boat, so you're not stuck in it, but then it, you can really like it. Stay in that area after your, your rotation. And then, so that's the first 12 months. Got from there, you end up being like a site engineer. So you're spaced out on site a lot of the time, really in the day-to-day operations of the job, and there's normally a project manager or senior giving you a bit of mentoring and uh, running the job as a whole. And then at a certain time in your career, you have this one job, which just makes you, I don't know what it is as a word, but you get these young boys coming through and they do this job and you just go, oh, he's ready to go to the next stage, which is traditionally a, uh, a project manager of a whole job. And uh, so then that could be two or three years down the track. And then from there, if you want to stay in the project management area, it's just, you keep skyrocketing the size let they jobs and just keep increasing and getting bigger and bigger. And you've your team underneath you, know, the engineers goes from one engineer to all of a sudden you could have half a dozen engineers working for you out on the different areas of the project. And then the other one, which is the line I went through, I did a few years doing project management, but then I went into the sort of the business side of it where you're actually managing some departments. So you own your staff, but you own your vehicles and you've got staff that work for you and they go out and deliver projects to portions of projects to these project managers. And then once you look your way up into management, that's depending on how good you are the sky, can get right up to the top if you want. And then the other area is our engineering solutions team, which are, they're not related to a project or a team, but they just provide a lot of guidance through those teams around different quality controls and, or different materials you've been testing. So yeah, three main trials I think would be the way to go. Good enough sorry, there, Emily? <laughs>
1: Yeah, that sounded really good. Super detailed. Just awesome. I think That, yeah. So that made a lot of sense. I think one thing we, you touched on as well was the graduate program. So maybe we can go into that a little bit. And I'd love to ask what can graduates expect from the Fulton Hogan graduate program? What kind of benefits are there for them? What can they learn? You mentioned mentors as well. What kind of, who can they meet? Who can give them mentoring advice? Yeah, I would love to talk about that.
0: Yeah, oh, excellent. Yeah, look, like, so, so it's the first 12 months of your career and you're allocated a, a mentor. So it's not a, it's not your direct manager. It's normally someone that you can have a wee bit of a yarn to about things that's not directly in your chain of command. So it's just real good. It gives someone, gives you someone to talk to that you know is not, they're a little bit removed from the issues you may be having. That can give a fresh perspective. That help you through any sort of tough times. And just that person to have a talk to and catch up. There is a bit of a set, it should be once a month, but I'll be a few, it can vary. It could be every two months or it could be every two weeks, just depending on how things are tracking. The graduates, they, they're obviously spread all through the country, but every, I think it's three, it could be four months. They all come together uh, in a sexual location and they get a lot of it. the senior managers will give them the feel of the lay of the land and form Poga to get them all together for anything more than it's normally one or two days just gives them a chance to socialize and meet each other and just share their experiences. That's the, not just for the graduates, but the, the other benefits, is our Fulton Hogan benefits you get when you work for Fulton Hogan. Well, I'll start to try and sell Forten Hogan here, but you get your equals and sucras and all that sort of stuff starts from, from day one. Yeah, another way you get a good package there for also your salary, but then also you get those extras as well.
1: Awesome. One thing you touched on was mentoring and how you get to surround yourself with other people. Do you have any tips for graduates, not necessarily in Fulton Hogan, but just in general in the engineering industry on how they can make the most out of their relationships with their mentors, how they can form strong relationships and begin networking in their career?
0: Yeah, so I I suppose there's two and five of I'll talk about So the first one is mentoring. I'm a fan of... Shorter, more often, if that makes sense. So, you are a 20 minute conversation once a week, as I feel, is a lot better just to keep pulse on things than once a month when you sit down for a couple of hours and just go through it blow, or blow. I think so the more you can talk to your mentor, just short term, small, the, the better. Don't be afraid to be vulnerable. So, if you're not, if things aren't working, there's no point in pretending that you know exactly what's going on because there's a lot to learn at that stage. So, just be vulnerable. with, you know, ask the questions, ask for help. And that's the best way to learn, I feel. The other side of it is that's the official mentoring. But what I noticed when I started at work, there's a lot of good people around that. If you read bits of information, they're very good at exclamation, for example, but someone else will be very good at the Voyage and Claims side of a contract. So there's always lots of people in organizations. And it's just a matter of getting a bit of relationship with these people. And just getting little pockets from different people. You don't need to just rely on, on whoever, say a direct manager to, to get the information. The company these just to, yeah, try and get a relationship with everyone really.
1: Yeah, that's great. I think one time someone told me that some of the most valuable conversation parts you can take are just from those like water cooler chats where someone just mentioned something offhandedly and then you're like, wow, that's a life-changing piece of advice or something I didn't know that now I know. Yeah, just those little chats or introducing yourself to people, just opening yourself up to make have conversations is a really great way to stand out and start networking. So, on the topic yeah. of stand out, do you have any tips and advice on how graduates can stand out in a new position?
0: Yeah, you, you know, they stand out in a new position. I suppose it's just, I suppose, being respectful and not being afraid to ask silly questions. It's you just, the background and, and don't ask a question you're not sure about. you are only to to be certainly in the background. So if you're not afraid, just, hey, look, what are you talking about here? You learn and people go, oh, it's so, so, so there and he's getting involved in the conversation. The hard one is another one. It's always good to say, look, have a bit of confidence about yourself, but not in the way confidence. That's confidence is a good sign. I feel like people stick out, but yeah. And knowing your information, like if you're going to a, whether it's a project meeting or whatnot. It's always good to to go through your yeah, documentation 1st You're actually going there prepared. if You read what's going on. You're asking better questions. You know what's going on, not just turning up because that's the time you're supposed to be there and, uh, and sitting through it. So, yeah, be confident, cool. get involved in things, ask for questions. Probably my main advice. But just going back to that mentoring one. It's on those twelve month rotation where you can go around different crews. It's probably worthwhile saying that as a graduate. That's uh, you're trained to do a certain job, but it's a good time to get up in and get your hands dirty with the guys that are out there doing the job. One, you get respect, but two, in a year's time, when you're running a project and you've got good respect from the crucial work, and they're more than willing to give you a hand because they understand you know, if you're new to the job, you'll need a bit of a hand. If you've got that relationship and that respect with those, normally those older foreman type guys, they're, they're pretty valuable if you want your job to go well. They're working well with you and helping you out. So, yeah, that's probably a real key one for young boys coming in is get in. And I say guys but girls as well, just get in there and get involved at the start, which will help down the track.
1: that sounds like a very valuable piece of advice. I think on that topic, so we also talk, we talked just about, about standing out. Is there anything you would say on making the most of their graduate position? How can they fully maximize it? to really have the best you know, best time with their graduate position, get the most out of it, learn the most from
0: it. Yep. Yep. Again, le- learning, you gotta learn by various ways, but the big way is most of the time it's all based around a contract or at least so you your client or what's done, the work done that consultant put a, put a contract out for it and then the contract will build it. So just knowing exactly what's in those contracts is very key as well. So. If you turn up in the early days and you know exactly what's within the contract, people are going, oh, this guy, this person knows what they're up to. With a lot of time, the guys like you're a bit complacent and just go up build a road and not fully understand what they're doing. If you've got the detail in there and the ability to say, oh, hey, look, we're going to do it this way or these are the test results we need. It's always good when you're, somebody knows exactly what's going on. To me, no, those guys always stand up.
1: Awesome. So I think we'll talk a bit about the the application recruitment process and how they can stand out during that. So do you have any tips on how that. to stand out in an interview?
0: Yeah. Yeah. First one's eye contact. I reckon that's uh, you've got a, when you're having a conversation with someone, and you wanna be looking under the eye you know, a lot of time you engage or rolling you with someone and look in the eye and you just could get a you get a gut feeling straight away. But if someone's a little bit not looking at you or a, or a little bit cheapish, it's just doesn't fit the well just for me. Having a driver's license it sounds a bit funny, but it's pretty key in, in most areas is to be able to have a driver's license. So many times people apply for jobs and Oh, have you got a driver's license? Oh no, you hey to get to work. So those sorts of things come up. So it's not something to stand out, but I think it's always key is to try out a driver's licence when you got them to it. Show you, show that you're willing to try anything. Yeah, you're not too worried about what area a company you might go into. Because the old saying is once you get your foot in the door, you'll be able to adjust to those different areas you like. Yeah, if you come in and show that you're keen, willing and, oh, it doesn't worry me where I go. I just want a job with this company. That's going to stand out for me. Another good way I look for is what have you done in your holidays during high school or when you're studying. If somebody said, oh, I worked, I'll pitch out new world. I work here on the holidays. That's always a big trick for me because it means you're a bit of a go getter and they're not just uh, sitting around doing nothing. They've been in a bit of a workforce, and a bit of money when they're a bit younger. So, is that answer your question?
1: Yes, that answers my question. I think the other thing we could talk about on that would also be how they can prepare for the interview. One of the things is make sure you research the company and understand what they're yeah all of that but is there anything else that you think is beneficial for them to prepare for an interview for example should they have certain experiences in mind that they can reference if you ask a question of give us an example when you've done xyz
0: oh yes good point yeah the first one about research in the company uh, that does actually make a big difference like most companies will have a set of values that they work to and if i've oh, had people come in and tell us their, tell the values in it. Yeah. So it's very impressive. It's something when you just ask them, what do you know about Forman Hogan? And they don't really know how it lot. So if you've done a bit of research, it's a good point, Emily. It's, it's a key one. It's, what was your second question there, sorry? Oh, the is first, there the any And that can be a lot of that. If you haven't had that experience in the workforce, it could be a lot of the stuff you do in study is you can show done projects, project, time management, all those stuff and study can come over into your, into the workplace. Or, similar thing, so you could just give a good experience about when you were a little bit under the pot, how you could manage your toy and got that assignment in, but also got some study in and did some sports as well. You really balanced everything up, it's so, a yeah, good example. And yeah, anything that you've built in the past obviously, civil engineering is building infrastructure, isn't it? So, if you've if you've built something in the past, is always handy, or design something in the past. Any sort of community groups that you're involved with. Your are well, it's something about volunteering. I reckon it gives, gives everyone a bit of a good feeling, I reckon. So.
1: Awesome. Yeah. I think those are all really good. Just making sure when you're going to an interview, have a Google at what are the most commonly asked questions for your industry. Just prepare some kind of example in your mind. I think like when I was interviewing fresh out of think, university. There'd always be the question of what's like a tough situation you've had to overcome or how have you dealt with, like, how have you dealt with high pressure situations in the work environment? So making sure that you have a bunch of different experiences that you can reference to show off how you persevered or how you handled yourself is really important. And It also means that you're not going to be stuttering, trying to figure out what to say. So you're going to have something in the back of your mind, which is going to make it so much easier. So I think that's really important. And so like what you said, it's called like researching the company, actually knowing what they're doing is very impressive and understanding their values. So a bunch of really great tips. There. The other thing I wanted to chat about is so for someone who's watching right now and they haven't actually done really anything that you said, so they haven't joined community groups, they haven't worked in a job or anything like that. Do you have any immediate tips on what they should be doing to really start changing their, I guess, changing and improving their experience on their CV now?
0: Yeah, I suppose, thinking of the the end goal, I want to be employed at this company here and then some of the stuff you do, I'm not sure if they're getting employed next year or it's a few years down the track, but what are you doing today or what could you do in the next couple of months that actually it's something that you put on your CV before that end goal. So getting involved in, I'm not sure what it could be, but there's lots of events that, that go on. So just, uh, yeah, think about everything that, that's on offer and how could that help you with your end goal. The other one would be just go up to a, like a civil engineering company and say, look, can I come in for a day trip and follow one of your engineers around for the day? That's what I did when I was younger. And it's showed you a little bit about place works so and gets your face in there as well. Uh, yeah, going a lot to those sorts of companies. The other one too, when you're giving your CV away, these the days they're all online and then submitted. So a lot of times you have to do that, but there's still nothing beats turning up to the uh, to the workplace and saying, "Hey, I'm looking for a job. Who can I talk to?" And a lot of the times it's oh, give me your CV. I'll oh, well, put it to the right places, but sometimes they can get lost in the busyness of the workforce. If you can turn up to the place, ask to speak to by the managers or by the engineers, that's always shows that you're and you and getting your face out here as well. Pretty good tip there. But if I'm, someone's not put on my doorstep, I'm going to notice versus another email with 300, of like that, don't you? I'm under pressure from other areas. I'm probably going to ignore that, but if you took up on my doorstep, it's, it's a conversation discovery going to be here, right there, and then the I
1: think that is a great suggestion. And just like that, even if you don't want really- if you can't turn up, even just introducing yourself or potentially like LinkedIn or just making yourself known is a really great way to stand out in advance, even far before you're applying for like a graduate role. So I love that tip, Scott.
0: Just, yeah, and just sort of cut in there, but sooner rather than later, for I know a lot of our know, ones for next year, already fall. So you need to be thinking almost a year ahead. And what can sometimes happen is that we've taken people out of the past or we guaranteed them holiday work before they finish their study. So they're getting in there early. They're getting to know people. So if you leave it too late, you won't be alone.
1: Awesome. And we also have a question from Daniel in the audience. I'll just, he's left a few comments. So I'll just pop them up on the screen. So the first one's, hi, Scott and Emily. I'm an electrical and systems engineering student at UMass Amherst, I believe, in the US. I'll be graduating this December and intend to move to New Zealand at the time and So he's basically asked, this is the first question, is it possible to be hired in New Zealand as a US citizen while still fresh out of university? And then the second one is just pretty much the same, but he's just provided a bit more context. So he's had a few successful interviews with New Zealand companies, but didn't get the job because he will need to have his visa sponsored. So Scott, do you have any advice on how he can kickstart a career in New Zealand?
0: Whoa. She's a can I'm very experienced in the visa requirements. One of them helped me. sorry, Daniel. But it looks like you're being proactive, which is the main thing. I just wouldn't, wouldn't let it keep you down. Just keep chipping away. Yeah, sorry, mate. Not sure what the visa issue mm-hmm. Never had to employ anybody from overseas.
1: One thing I would probably recommend, Daniel, is to actually contact, if you can find, like, the HR people on LinkedIn, contact them, potentially put together, like, a short little introduction about yourself, let them know your backstory and see if they can provide any advice through that way. I think that would probably be a good way to go. I think the HR, HR team at all these companies would probably have the best insight into that. Yeah, I think that'd probably be good. Potentially, I've seen some people actually put together videos and they'll send through a little introduction video about themselves. And that's a really good way to be really personable because someone's seeing your face, they're seeing that you're a real person. So I definitely, or even setting up a Zoom you can do something like that and just meet some HR people who can have a better chance at helping you with something like this but yeah definitely keep trying because it sounds like a really exciting move from USA to New Zealand sounds like fun
0: and, it, and so it's, it's so on. good sorry it's so um, good having different nationalities in your team it's it's not so much you've got the same skills but just the whole blend of different cultures and different nationalities it's just it's quite enjoyable
1: and one other thing I thought I should mention actually, I believe on Grad New Zealand, we actually have under the different engineering jobs, or there's actually like a checklist and it will basically say what kind of application it says it takes. So sometimes they'll say like international applications, things like that. So that's really useful for a lot of our like some international students that we have over in, well, oh, I'm in Australia, so in Australia. I would say if you also reach out to like the Grad New Zealand team as well, see if there's any way that they can let you know if the checkbox applies to your situation as well. I'm not sure if it applies, so you might have to reach out to them and ask because if that's the case, then you can also look at the checkbox and see if the different positions we have available suit you. I know that was really helpful for some of the international people when they were applying through some of the Grad Australia sites. Okay, so I thought I should mention that. We'll go back to some questions now that I had prepared. The other question that I wanted to ask was, do you have any like tips or advice on potentially students who didn't come from an engineering background, but they want to go into engineering?
0: Yep. Yep. So with regards to going to do study or just joining like that the degree or the versus...
1: Yeah. So I think- uh, what, talk about the both of them so they haven't studied it but then or potentially they yeah so potentially they haven't studied it they've done something else for example business that they want to get into engineering for example could they get into an admin role and then while doing that continue studying engineering on the side
0: yeah definitely, definitely. I'll only read it full horrid so I'll talk to my experiences but we've probably got a 40, 60, so 60% engineers, 40% prize that have worked in the field before, and they've, they've come in, they're, uh, they're obviously natural born leaders, progress into the supervisor role, and then they come into project roles as well. So there's lots of, there's lots of different, yeah, ways to come in there. So technically, yeah, you don't need, qualifications. need to have that engineer study that background. Some good experience with me too, and the people can come from other areas, like a builder, structure engineer comes over takes civil sort of engineering quite well as well. Yeah, it just takes a little bit longer sometimes. That's probably the other thing. It could take five odd years working in the field versus going straight out of materials study and studying you sort of get to the same level. But yeah, just the, the a way to hit your foot in the door is that. Yeah,
1: that's awesome. I think I think nowadays with I think very nowadays it's very common for people to study something completely different and go into end up in a completely different career. So it's good to know that there's that there's opportunities to move into different areas um, within the en- engineering industry. So I wanted to just go through three final kind of questions that I had on the interview process and application process, because I think that's really handy for graduates right now. So let's just go through those. The ones that I wanted to ask were, I'm just checking my notes. I wanted to ask, yes, yeah, so what are some commonly asked questions that they can expect?
0: Yeah, probably all I've you said before is explaining yeah, the situation where there's, the pressure's been on and how you've dealt with it. That's always a favourite item. And then just some scenario ones that you might run them through. You've got a, you're running a job out there in the field and you've got issues, the residents that are around that job, you had some stakeholder issues, you've got some weather delays, just how, how you, you systematically work through your different problems. And prioritize which ones actually affect the here and now. Which ones not pop and deal with later because they don't, have the job. They're just you know, a lot of scenario type ones. And most of the time, I just like the conversation, just to to see what the person's what are their hobbies because obviously hobbies are pretty key, I think. And in life, you've got to have a balance between work, play, and family. That sort of thing. So you're just getting to know know that person and what makes them or the world did they grow up? Just a more of a general conversation person, to be honest, and show up a few sort of scenarios in that of this.
1: Yeah, I think that it's always the best interviews, whether it's just a conversation, it feels really natural. It's great for the interviewer and it's great for the interviewee. So on that topic, do you have any advice for, they've been asked a question that they don't know the answer to. Is there any kind of way that you would go around that, explaining how you don't know the questions? so?
0: Yeah, yeah, there's going to be a lot of that when you first start, it's going to be a lot of I don't know, but I suppose the key thing is admitting that, so you're not uh, walking off to somebody thinking, you know what you're doing, because uh, yeah, you admit me don't, i I'm, sure. I'm not sure of the answer, but, but I will find out, uh, and then go off, find out, and then feed that back as soon as you can, to whoever's asked the question, I found the answer here, it is here, that's a great sign that someone's uh, putting in the work and behind it, but from an interview perspective, yeah, if you're not sure, just, that's easy. than not, sorry, I don't know, yeah. And if it's, uh, yeah, I don't think an interview who would ask you a, a real technical question that would probably put you on the spot that much. Uh, yeah.
1: yeah, I think what you mentioned just before about, say someone asks you a question, you don't know the answer. The best thing you could do is say, I don't know the question, but I'll get back to you with an answer. And I've actually, I've heard of people, HR people who have told me that sometimes an applicant hasn't known the answer. but They've actually said that they'll get back to them. And then the next day, they've actually researched the question, come up with their own idea on it and sent it back to them. And I think that that's really impressive because it shows dedication, like they're willing to better themselves as well. Like they don't know it yet, but they will come back to you with an answer. So that's always a great way to deal with those questions because there's certainly a lot of them. The other thing I thought we, the last question for the interview kind of process that I want to talk about is. If you had any examples of what makes a good response and what makes a bad response. So this could be things like, I guess the way the question's answered, body language, yeah. any kind of advice you had on that?
0: Yeah, I think I've probably mentioned the eye contact early on, and a lot of just being genuine, like who you are, everyone's different. So you don't need to try to be a and follow the person. You're yourself, so stick to you, so who you are. You don't yeah. go on too much. So that some people who yeah, are they can just sort you of can see us yeah. caught up in the, in this big response called Chris, clear. that's the style I look at you.
1: Awesome. Okay. We're pretty much coming to the end of today's session. So I'd love to wrap it up with a, a final question. So my last question is, do you have, actually I have two questions, <laughs> but the last one is, do you have any final advice for students or graduates who are looking to start their career in engineering? Or just any advice in general?
0: Well, oh, definitely get into it. It's such a such a rewarding industry to try and get involved in. That's the opportunities you get. You'll start out in one area and uh you can there's civil areas all over the world. that. Like anyone from New Zealand that works overseas or well, that's got a good name, you definitely get into it. Definitely get in when you're early on in your career, get right into uh, wherever you may be, whether you think it's your level or not, just get stuck there. Build the relationships that you can lean on when you go into more a senior role. That'll benefit you in the long term. But just show good positive attitude and that gets that down.
1: Perfect. And this is my final question. Is there any open job opportunities that you want to share that Fulton Hogan has?
0: Yes, I can talk for the lower South on. So yes, there are a few graduates for next year. There's the link there at the bottom, there's a couple in central Toronto. While in, in Stafflin and the uh, has got its lot free, but go to that website here, yeah, uh, there's an intake, obviously, so each year, so I don't know the numbers throughout Book Hoagland, but i guarantee it there's a few, like, around there, the reading. Really, there's also some, anyone out uh, the need in Targo area, there's, there's a few holiday jobs coming up. So we'll look to take on four or five studying students in between their years on a bit of a first aid and first serve basis. Yeah, get in touch with that one too.
1: Awesome. So thank you so much for joining me today, Scott, for today's session. It's been really no. great to hear you. Right. So I'll just wrap up. So basically I've popped the, there's a link here. Yep. Yeah, just below. You can see that. Head to that link. I've also put it in the comments. There's also a link to Grad New Zealand's general page as well. If you go to the Fulton Hogan link, you can see the open job opportunities. Not only that, you can actually see a bunch of other resources we have. So we have past videos. There's, I think there's like blog posts, interviews. There might be a day in the life as well. There's, We have a bunch of resources on them. So you can really get a good idea as to see what it's like to work with them and really understand and yeah, and make the process really streamlined for you. So definitely go check that out. Yeah, that was pretty much the end of today's session for those of you who haven't signed up to Grad New Zealand, make sure you do create a profile and then you can get notified of upcoming job opportunities, webinars like these, any events we have. Sometimes we have custom events with employers that are one-on-one and that haven't actually been announced to the public. So definitely make sure you sign up and make sure you check out our socials. If you want to see more of our upcoming sessions and share it with your friends as well who are in other industries, we are constantly having things that are, for example, like we have pharmacy one this week as well we have nursing ones we have tech ones we have pretty much every single industry so there might not be stuff for you for the next week but there might be stuff for someone yourself. yeah make sure you check that out and share it with your friends and head to these links here to check out more about Fulton Hogan's so yeah that is the end of today's session if you guys want to watch back this video feel free to do it. it'll be on Fulton Hogan's profile on Grad New Zealand And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to Grand New Zealand as well and just contact us or reach out to me on LinkedIn.